Hey, Scott Walker here. Welcome to another edition of Freedom Fighters. It is April 1st, which means it's April Fool's Day. And in honor of that, I thought I'd begin uh, credit to the New York uh, Post for putting this out. Uh, it was uh, two years ago, December of 2020, they put out Joe Biden's 12 worst gaffes of all time. I'm not going to read all of them, but it ties in. In a moment, I'm going to share a little bit of something I wrote in the Washington Times today about, well, Joe Biden being an incompetent fool. And I wish that was an April Fool's joke, but it's not. But kind of an honor that to set the stage. I'm not going to go through all 12, but I thought it's interesting highlighting this, that, you know, this guy's been in office for essentially almost a half of, of a decade. And it's been filled with all sorts of gaffes. Uh, in fact, it still amazes me for a guy who had to essentially leave uh, the 1988 presidential election because of not just gas, but outright lying. I mean, remember, I mean, early on, people forget about this, but the, when you look up plagiarism, you should almost have Joe Biden uh, in the dictionary because in 87, going into that 1988 election, where it ultimately ended up being Michael Dukakis, the governor of Massachusetts against then Vice President George Herbert Walker Bush, but Biden in 87 was making the case as a U.S. senator, um, articulate, guy who'd give a good speech. Turned out that many of those speeches weren't his. In fact, the one that probably got him in the biggest trouble was one where he almost word for word, if you go out and Google it, uh, the uh, labor leader at the time from, uh, from the United Kingdom actually gave a speech where he talked about his ancestry and even pointed to his wife and talked about family and coal mining. And Joe Biden gave a speech that was almost word for word that. And then, of course, that was as it was exposed, it got even worse, and he had all sorts of stumbles. And, um, in fact, I think part of it was, I went back and looked, this was on this list in 87. Uh, he, was in, uh, <laughs> he was in New Hampshire, something I'd done in the past, too, and my abbreviated version wasn't for plagiarism. It was because I could see the handwriting in the wall with Donald Trump. But uh, he was in New Hampshire, and... Uh, it wasn't even a reporter. It was a high school teacher actually asking about the law school he attended, and he totally melted down. He said, I quote, I have probably have a much higher IQ than you do, I suspect. He snapped. Um, and then later, they actually pushed on it and found out that, that he, he claimed he was at the top of the class when he was at the bottom. Stories came out about how he actually failed a paper and then went back and, because he plagiarized it, violating the, the policy of the university at the time, and then had to go back and beg to redo it without the plagiarism. Uh, he found out it wasn't just this former later labor leader speech. He was taking massive liberties with speech by Robert Kennedy and Bobby Kennedy and others along the way. And eventually he was kind of in disgrace, pushed out in the 1987, 88, 88 was the election, but raised for president, which is why it's amazing. The guys, you know, multiple times uh, run for president and, and, uh, in um, previous runs prior to 2020 was an absolute mistake. You look at others in 2006 when he was gearing up to run again. Again, unbelievable. He was. Uh, he said something as he was getting ready to run for president. He said in Delaware, this is a quote, in Delaware, the largest growth in population is Indian Americans moving from India, he told a voter. Now, this is the part that got him. Quote, you cannot go to a 7-Eleven or a Dunkin' Donuts unless you have a slight Indian accent. And I'm not joking, he said with a grin. Well, of course, that blew up. How can you say that? I mean, that's like something you maybe you'd see on The Simpsons 20 years ago, but certainly not something you expect out of a guy running for president of the United States. 
But that wasn't the only time. A year later in 2007, when he's gearing up to run for president in the 2008 election, um, he said uh, he was talking about the other candidates, and he said, quote, I mean, you've got this, you've got the first sort of mainstream African-American who is articulate and bright and clean, unquote. He said at that time of then one of his colleagues, uh, former U.S. Senator Barack Obama, as they were campaigning ahead of the 2008 primaries. Of course, uh, people uh, went nuts, understandably, over, over that. Remember the total meltdown in 2012 during the vice presidential debate with Paul Ryan where he interrupted Ryan, uh, then Congressman Ryan, 85 times with guffaws and dismissive interjections and some of the same stuff he got a piece of himself during the 2020 presidential election debates with President Donald Trump. Now, in 2016, I remember this vividly because it just was so shocking. He's, he's t- talking to uh, troop, the troops, the members of the 380th Air Expeditionary Wing uh, that was stationed in Abu Dhabi. And uh, he was throwing out a, a line about someone he had, he had uh, nominated, uh, uh, one of the group's officers to the Air Force Academy, um, but they didn't respond. And uh, he was making a big pitch about how they should you know, applaud him for his incredibly good judgment. And he said, man, you are a dull bunch. Um, I mean, thinking these are service members, and he's complaining because they didn't get worked up over an applause line or what he thought was an applause line. This is part of a long trend. In 2019, before the 2020 election, but he's in Des Moines, he actually said, quote, we should challenge students in these schools to have advanced placement programs. We should have this notion that somehow, if you're poor, you, can, you cannot do it. Poor kids are just as bright and just as talented as white kids. Let me repeat that again. We have this notion that somehow, if you're, if you're poor, you cannot do it. Poor kids are just as bright and just as talented as white kids. Of course, then after a moment, he realized he had screwed up, and then he kind of did one of these word salads where he said, wealthy kids, black kids, Asian kids. No, I really mean it, but think how we think about it. Those are his words. And then there was this uh, in 2019. Uh, th- this was an interesting one. So he's, he's, at this, uh, he's at this campaign stop, and uh, this guy, Merle Gorman, uh, basically gives him a little pushback. He's a retired Iowa farmer. He said that Biden was too old, and he questioned, interesting this, he questioned Hunter Biden, uh, Joe Biden's son's cushy gig with, at the time, the then-scandal-plagued uh, uh, Ukrainian gas company. And Biden pushed back. I mean, this, this is amazing. He said, you're a damn liar, man. You're a damn liar, man. And by the way, I'm not. It's a dinnery. I actually had to look up that word, which basically means large. Um, obviously, a dig at his weight. He said, let's do push-ups together, man. Let's run. Let's do whatever you want to do. Let's take an IQ test, all right? Like, Wow. Um, and so the exchange goes back and forth. Biden gets even more agitated, finally says, look, f- look, look fat, look deal. Here's the deal. It looks like uh, Gorman actually snapped back. He says, this looks like you don't have any more backbone than Trump does. Unbelievable gaffes along the way. A couple other interesting ones along the way. So in 2020, he's, he just had this miserable fourth place finish in Iowa in the caucuses. So this young voters at one of the town hall meetings, which are, uh, kind of the norm in, for any of the candidates. You do these 
town hall meetings, you get all sorts of questions. Sometimes they can be abusive, but that's just part of the vetting process. As much as people complain about Iowa and New Hampshire uh, having the uh, the first two contests, and in some ways there's some merit to it because they take the responsibility seriously. They push the candidates. They want to hear from them. Uh, they don't take lousy answers. And so he, he finishes fourth place in Iowa, he, he, hanging his head, going to New Hampshire. He's at a town hall meeting. There's a younger voter out there, and she says, just 21-year-old college student, uh, they're in Hampton, New Hampshire, and she says, how can you explain the performance in Iowa? And why should the voters believe you can win the national election? He snaps back. He says, ever been to a caucus? She said, yeah. <laughs> and then Biden says, no, you haven't. You're a lying dog-faced pony soldier. Besides the fact he snapped back, what does that mean? Quote, he said, you're a lying-faced dog, you're a lying dog-faced pony soldier. What in the world does that mean? Um, obviously, she spoke later saying it was kind of humiliating to be called a liar on national television by a former vice president. Yeah, who didn't make a whole lot of sense. In fact, in some ways, I think uh, she made her point just by how he answered. You just get these over and over again. There was the exchange, you might remember, it went viral. A uh, video shot of a construction worker, his name was Jerry Wayne, uh, in, uh, in March of 2020, stopped on a work site in Detroit. Uh, he actually, uh, this worker challenged uh, Biden's stance in the Second Amendment. And he said, hey, you know, you're actively trying to take away our guns. Biden shot back at him. Forgive my French, I'm quoting him directly. Quote, you're full of shit, he said. Then he got into this, don't tell me I can't point a finger. I had to go outside with you. Um, it's just, and then he actually, again, called him, quote, called Wayne, the construction worker, a horse's ass, unquote. Again, this is just unbelievable stuff. Last one I'll mention before we talk about why it's more than just gaffes. Uh, actually, I'll give you two. Uh, one's a national, but one's actually kind of personal because it happened in Milwaukee. So you might remember at the end of the uh, 2020 campaign, um, he's on doing all these virtual events. He's hanging out in his basement. I'm, I'm looking at a picture of this where he literally was doing it uh, virtually from the, his basement, his home in Delaware, where he spent most of the campaign. He's on uh, one of these shows, and um, the discussions about race and African-American voters and whether or not, it, remember at the time there was all the friction because of the, um, you, you had the uh, BLM uh, protest and then some of it devolving into riots, all these other problems. And so he's on, and as he's doing this interview, he's, you know, the, the host is basically asking why, um, why African African American voters should believe that their vote's not being taken for granted by Biden. And the host says, it's a long way until November. We've got more questions. Well, Biden gets all pissed off about that. He says, you got more questions? Well, I'm telling you, if you have a problem figuring out whether you're for me or for Trump, then you ain't black. That was his exact quote. Now, obviously, people went bonkers on that, but that's just typical Joe Biden. We've seen it all too often, all throughout his career. I remember back in 2015, uh, Biden was in Milwaukee, actually on the south side of Milwaukee, this place called Cops. There's a number of different stores. Um, great custard. If you haven't had custard, you should try it out. Uh, he didn't know. Most Americans don't know, but you'd think his staff would have told him. Custard is different than ice cream. It's like ice cream, but it's better. It's like much more unhealthy, but much, much better. So Cops is kind of this uh, mainstay. Everybody knows about it in southeastern Wisconsin. It's a great place to go, particularly in the summer. 
get this custard. It's thick. It's creamy. It's good. It's much better than ice cream. So they go to this custard stand. He's doing this photo op. All these folks, including the manager, they all wear white. Uh, they've got these uh, little kind of 1950s looking, those little paper caps that you wear. I mean, it looks, it's all stainless steel. It looks like something right out of the 50s. But the custard's great. And um, so Biden, then vice president, and this was all captured on the local ABC affiliate, WISN-TV, Channel 12 there. And he says, starts out nice. He says, well, what do I owe you? And the manager says, well, don't worry. It's on us. And then he kind of smiles and says, lower our taxes, and we'll just call the custard even. To which Biden, <laughs> Biden then looks around and says to him, well, why don't you say something nice instead of being a smartass all the time? That's his direct quote. I mean, this is just typical, and it just happened to be that the, the NBC, or excuse me, ABC affiliate picked up on it. But these are the kind of, kind of gaffes that in the past, you know, you just kind of wrote off as an old uh, member of the United States Senate for a while when he became vice president. I think there was a lot of chatter in the White House under Barack Obama's administration. Well, that's just Joe. That's Uncle Joe. That's just Joe. But as president of the United States, these gaffes have much, much larger consequences around the world, and we've seen it over the last week. Last Saturday, so a week ago, he's out giving a speech in Poland. He's in Warsaw in front of the royal castle, and the president gives his speech, and then he goes off script, and he calls for regime change. Regime change in Russia saying, for God's sake, this man cannot remain in power. Obviously, he's talking about Putin. The White House then quickly denied that he was calling for regime change. One of the officials there actually said the president's point was that Putin cannot be allowed to exercise power over his neighbors or the region. He was not discussing Putin's power in Russia or regime change. But that's not what he said. Joe Biden, as president of the United States, said, for God's sake, talking about Biden, for God's sake, this man cannot remain in power. And say remain in power in Ukraine it's implicit when you say Putin can't remain in power that he's talking about Russia. Now, the Secretary of State quickly moved to affirm the United States has no plan for regime change. Uh, the ambassador to NATO uh, ran out and said, she, actually, Ambassador Smith had to go up and clean things up on the uh, Sunday morning TV show saying the United States does not have a policy of regime change in Russia, full stop. But yet on Monday... He's back at the White House in a White House press briefing, and he says, I'm not walking anything back. I want to make it clear. I wasn't then, nor am I now, articulating a policy change. I was expressing moral outrage, and I make no apologies for it. But that's not what he said. That's not what he said. Now, confusion over the regime change was just one of the many gaffes made by Joe Biden last week. Remember last Friday, a week ago, when he was speaking to members of the 82nd Airborne Division in Poland? During those comments to the troops there, he made reference to the, people, to the people of Ukraine, and he said that they have a lot of backbone. But then he went on to say, and you're going to see when you're there, and some of you have been there. Let me repeat that. He's speaking to the troops, members of the 82nd Airborne Division who are positioned there in Poland. He says, and you're going to see when you're there, and some of you have been there. Sounds a lot to me like he's signaling that they'll be in Ukraine in the future. So, again, a White House spokesperson had to clarify other remarks, saying, the president has been clear we are not sending U.S. troops to Ukraine, and there's no change in that position. But his comments were not clear. 
which is why the White House had to issue a statement to clarify his comments in the first place. Remember then, before that, even a day before that, so earlier that week, the president was asked if the United States would respond if Russia were to use chemical weapons as part of its invasion of Ukraine. He said that such a move would trigger a response in kind. That's his words, trigger a response in kind. So then you have to have National Security Advisor uh, Jake Sullivan. He gets uh, deployed to send up the, to go out there and have to clean up the mess. And he says, we will collect the form and nature of our response based on the nature of the action Russia takes. And we'll do so in coordination with our allies. And I won't go beyond that other than to say the United States has no intention of using chemical weapons, period, under any circumstances. Unlike President Biden, Mr. Sullivan's comments seem crystal clear. But then we fast forward to just a few days ago, on Monday of this week, the last week of March, the commander of the U.S. Uh, European Command and NATO Supreme Allied Commander in Europe, General Todd Walters, was testifying in front of a meeting of the United States Senate Armed Services Committee. And he said the United States was not training Ukrainian troops in Poland. Was not training them. Yet on that very same day during this White House press briefing, Biden claimed that the American forces were actively training Ukrainian troops for battle. Now, he was saying all this because he was trying to clean up this blunder in Poland in which he implied the American troops were headed there I just talked about. So last week, he says, he implies in talking to them that they know how the people are, that they've got backbone, that you're going to see it when you're there, and some of you have been there. Then on Monday, he's trying to say, well, you know, he's trying to clean this all up, saying we're talking about helping train the Ukrainian troops that are in Poland. Now, he was pressed on that, and he said, I was referring to being with and talking with the Ukrainian troops in Poland. Let me repeat that. So as he's trying to clean up his blunder from a few days earlier, on Monday this week, last week of March, He's saying, we're talking about helping the Ukrainian troops that are Poland. Then he's pressed. I was referring to being with and talking with the Ukrainian troops in Poland. So then what happens? Yet again, the White House issues a statement about his remarks on Monday saying, they, there are Ukrainian troops in Poland interacting on a regular basis with U.S. troops. And that's what the president was referring to. But get this. Before that, National Security Advisor Sullivan, who I just referenced, had said, we do not have U.S. troops currently training Ukraine. We do not have U.S. troops on the territory of Ukraine. And while Biden was trying to clear up his gap from before with his statements on Monday, claiming that he was talking about, you know, that he was talking about helping train the Ukrainian troops that are in Poland, as he said, I was referring to being with and talking with Ukrainian troops in Poland. Same day, during that testimony that General Walters gave in front of the U.S. Senate, U.S. Senate Armed Services Committee, he gets a question from Tom Cotton, U.S. Senator Tom Cotton from Arkansas, and this was his response. I do not believe we are in the process of currently training military forces from Ukraine in Poland, unquote. So that's on Monday, the very same day that Joe Biden gave his White House press briefing where he tried to clarify his previous gaffe by saying to being with and talking to Ukrainian troops in Poland. 
So these are not just the gaffes of an aging U.S. senator or an insignificant vice president. These blunders come from the mouth of the guy who's supposed to be the commander-in-chief. Not just the commander-in-chief of the United States, but the commander-in-chief of the most significant superpower in the world. Now, Biden's either horribly confused, yeah, I think that's probably part of it, or he's boldly lying. In this instance, I think it's both. I think the guy is completely confused, he's an incompetent fool, and he's lying on top of it, which is why the White House and the rest of the administration can't keep track of all these gaffes and blunders and lies in, again, as I've said before, former Secretary of Defense Robert Gates wisely pointed out in his memoirs years ago that Joe Biden has been wrong on every major foreign policy decision for the past four decades. Either he's horribly confused or boldly lying, either is far worse than just a misstatement. Now, many of us, many of us tried to warn the American people about this before the 2020 election. Sadly, now we and the rest of the world know the truth. And the truth is this, and I wish it was just a joke on April 1st for April Fool's Day, but the truth is Joe Biden is an incompetent fool. Until next time, thanks for joining us. I'm Scott Walker, and keep fighting for freedom.